Good evening. Today is Monday, August 23rd. We are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the year is 2021. This week's chapter is Bill's story. And our speaker tonight, straight from Miami, Florida, so we've got all three corners of this country covered. Hani, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Welcome. Thank you. Um, my name is Hani, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Miami, Florida, and really, really happy to be here. Um, before I start, I just want to say a quick um, prayer just to bring God in and just um, bless our you, God, ruler of the universe, who kept us alive, sustained us, and enabled us to reach this moment. Amen. Um, for me, this is definitely a moment, and I'll just share with you guys all, but this is um, my first time speaking um, as a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I spoke plenty of times without being recovered, and it feels so different this time, and I'm so grateful um, for this gift, um, and just to know that God is right here, um, just hopefully allowing me to carry whatever message it is that, um, yeah, that I need to say. So the topic for today, well, actually, first of all, um, I know that there's some pictures if we want to share. Um, and you'll, for those of you who have heard my husband speak, um, you'll see a little bit of his before and after pictures too. Um, he's in this meeting as well. So these are a little bit of, um, you know, where I was when I first started, uh, 265 pounds was my top weight. Um, and it was scary, which I'll get, um, a little bit more into as I go. And then, um, you know, the next picture is what, what it is now. This is our, our before and after, and there's definitely still some ways to go, but like, I just am still in shock that, you know, um, I don't know, it's God, God is leading the way. I was, this is definitely something I was never able to do on my own. Um, so, you know, they're here, this is a, a, a miracle that is being witnessed. So, um, okay. All right. So I'm grateful to be here and share with you tonight on the topic of Bill's story. And I want to start off by admitting that I'm not a historian when it comes to the big book and specifically Bill Wilson. What I can share though is after years of being in meetings and keeping abstinent, how I finally heard Bill's story explained by a recovered compulsive eater was when I was finally um, is when I was finally able to identify with this disease. It really took somebody storytelling and breaking down um, this program for me to finally understand it and, and understand it through somebody else's life. Uh, my personal story with the disease of addiction, my mad drive for success and ability to see things for what they are are attributes I share with Bill Wilson. When I sponsor now, I read line by line of Bill's story and I use this as a way to show my sponsees how I, a compulsive overeater could read relate to an alcoholic like Bill Wilson and understand this disease um, better. The chapter follows the doctor's opinion where we learn about the twofold nature of this illness. It's the physical allergy and the obsession of the mind. We learn here that food is never the problem. It's often the solution and the problem is in our mind. 
as we read through, um, I'd love to identify Bill's emotions and his next step. So starting at page one in the first paragraph, when Bill's returning to um, New England after serving in the military, he talks about two emotions, which were excitement and loneliness. And both of these were followed um, by his move toward liquor. And for me, any feeling was good enough, was one that was good enough to turn for food. Um, whether I was happy, sad, angry, bored, any occasion, good or bad, was the reason to eat. And since a young age, um, food calmed my nerves and eased my worries like nothing else could. And many people would describe me as a smiling, cheerful, peaceful girl. Um, like Bill, I, I love to have people around me. And yet at the same time, I felt incredibly lonely and I was also incredibly sensitive. I was very insecure about my weight, especially at a young age. I just never th felt um, like I could get enough. And I was, uh, and I always felt like eyes were on me when I was eating. To avoid eating like an animal in front of others, I found techniques like sneaking food, hiding food, and lying just to appear normal to the outside world. I was the only one in my family with this issue. I was over double the size of both my sisters. Um, by weight, and by the time I reached high and um, this was by the time I reached high school. My whole life, probably like many of you guys, was that I, I heard that I needed more willpower, that I needed to eat in moderation. I would see worry in my parents' eyes, and a part of me always felt like such a hopeless failure when it came to weight and food. So my, my hardworking parents did everything they could to try to help me, but it felt like after every diet, an even bigger weight gain um, happened. Um, and at some point I just asked to be left alone. Um, dieting gave me so much panic and anxiety. Um, and yeah, just, it, it really made me lose all hope. In the next line in Bill's story that I could relate to, my talent for leadership, I imagine, would place me at the heads of vast enterprises, which would, which I would manage with the utmost insurances, assurances. So as a child and into being grown up, uh, grown up, I dreamt and fantasized about becoming a famous fashion designer. I wanted to be a household name and prove to the world that I was really something. I worked so hard on this dream day and night. I would be sketching and, and I, I love the attention. I love people complimenting me and looking at my designs with admiration. I felt that if I just focused on my big dreams then nobody would be bothered or will notice how large I am. I was confident, unstoppable, and I, was, I wasn't afraid to work hard. When Bill, when Bill continues and says, I'd prove to the world that was important and that I had arrived, this is me. I always felt that as I worked my way up in my career, I was up against some clock and pretty early on, I started developing symptoms of anxiety and panic. As the, as the pressure and anxiety grew, so did the calorie intake. I just started getting bigger and bigger. Before I came into the rooms, I was 29, I was 265 pounds. A terrible plantar's fasciitis, which was so incredibly painful. I remember just like, not even being able to like walk in the morning. I'd have to literally like crawl out of bed. Um, I was also needing to ice my knees every night because they were so swollen. My dreams of wanting to have children were overwhelmed by total fear that I was going to be sick or get the baby sick from my terrible sugar addiction. 
no matter how successful I was at work, I was completely driven by all forms of fear and I felt so alone and so hopeless. I got married when I was 25. Many of you already know Randy from our meetings. Um, he's here tonight. Our marriage was and still is one built on a, sh a share of common values, love, attraction, and friendship. We often tried many ways to lose weight together. I felt like he can do better than me at diets. I didn't want I didn't want him to be to see this side of me, and I couldn't explain the inability to stop eating. If he was able to do it at times, then why couldn't I? I started hiding many snacks and meals from him. I paid in cash so he wouldn't see what I was putting on the credit card. Like Bill says, drinking was taking an important and exhilarating time in my life. I was so ashamed of my eating habits and spending, and yet food was one of the most exciting things I looked forward to each day. I joke around now that even before the program, we weren't in even each other's binge bodies because of the deep shame with this disease. By the time I was 29, I knew I was done trying. I knew that even if I would get surgery to lose weight, somehow I would find a loophole around it. I didn't have this obsession with being thin. All I wanted more than anything was the need to stop worrying about my weight all the time. I even would have been like 100% happy being a size 18 or 20 if I knew it would just stop there. But it was I was already popping out of a size 20. Um, and thank God by that time, I was introduced to Overeaters Anonymous. In 2016, on a work trip to Asia, I got an email from my husband saying that there was something really important we needed to discuss and he didn't go into any detail and it was one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life when we finally got to talking he let me know that he found overeaters anonymous and he heard things that were finally making sense to him and he has to make all these changes in his life and he keep he kept bringing up the word abstinent and something about the 12 steps my initial thought in my severely jet-lagged brain was that my husband joined some sort of cult. But he didn't know till this day that even, even though I said I was going to support him, I really wasn't going to just make sure that this wasn't some sort of cult. <laughs> I, felt, I fell in love with the fellowship right away. The first meeting I went to was... <laughs> the the um the first meeting I went to was the speaker meeting and for the first time I was hearing my story after a few weeks I decided to be abstinent and I went on uh on a rigid food plan as well as complete removal of sugar artificial sugar imitation sweeteners etc the withdrawal from this is probably one of the hardest things I have done in my life I cried every day for two months I was shaking for days I had a headache on and off for about a month but it was the best thing that ever happened. And thank God I'm over eight years without touching that stuff. Um, however, there was a whole other part of the compulsive overeating and um, that I still wasn't able to do at that point. I learned early in my time in program that there were 12 steps that we do to lead to spiritual experience. And I heard the word God quite a bit and I brushed it off for about four years. So you see, I grew up in an observant Jewish home. I had God in my life in a religious sense. So I felt exempt from steps two and three. Um, step four and five felt irrelevant to me since I numbed out so many emotions. I didn't know that I had resentments. Step six and seven, I felt were for bad people with issues and I was totally a full package except for my weight problem. And eight and nine were for sure not for me because I never hurt anyone before. 
Um, but you know what, this is, this is what the food did to me. I, I was completely delusional and unaware of what was going on in my life. And I really just thought my only problem was, was the food. Um, I had some physical recovery from being in program, um, four pregnancies and two kids, but in, um, Years later, I finally got a spot. Oh, but in time, the anxiety and pressure of my life were so bad that I just did not know what to do anymore. For the manageability in my life, um, sorry. Okay, I finally got a sponsor and started working the steps. I I was finally hopeless. I surrendered to the manageability in my life and I worked some sort of food plan. I felt like I turned over and looked um, under each part of of my painful past. Um, and I had some sort of spiritual awakening. I remember as part of my spiritual awakening then, um, how wrong uh, I had been in the beginning and what a major difference um, it is to understand the difference between being religious and being spiritual. I feel I felt like I finally had found God and I started developing a relationship that was unlike anything I had before, I started asking more about what God's will for me was. And I started feeling excited about not needing to control every aspect of my life. I understood what freedom was and my fear of people and economic insecurity left me. I let go of my grandiose dreams and I realized that I was done proving anything to the world. My work started becoming fun after many years of deep depression over it. Um, however, at that time, I really failed to enlarge my spiritual life. Um, and I, I failed to take the food seriously. Um, I was hanging on to a thread for a while after that um, for my food plan. And um, I was able to maintain my weight for a few years. Um, but then that brought us into COVID years. And um, I can't believe it's COVID years, but yeah, uh, basically, worldly calamities you know that's just attached to me it just attached me from from god and um i was trying to figure everything out and understand and and you know i was in a deep deep relapse um and it was so painful and um I knew I needed a different experience, you know, and um, I prayed every day for like a year just for the willingness to be able to do something about it. Because I knew, I knew that like, if OA didn't work, nothing was gonna work. Um, and that was scary, you know? Um, so at that time, um, you know, by the grace of God, I, I was connected to someone who explained to me that, you know, um, I really was working program as dieting with group support. Um, and I kept hearing the, this word that like people say, like, um, you know, they got, they had a gift, you know, and I was like, what is this gift that everybody keeps talking about in meetings, you know? And um, five minute warning. Really, thank you. And, and those really are the promises. Um, and today, like, so I was able to find a sponsor who identified as recovered and um, I surrendered to the food. I finally was able to surrender to the food. I was done. I was done. I, 
it wasn't even about the weight any, anymore. It, it wasn't this huge gain, weight gain or a, a binge. It's just, I couldn't, the manageability of my emotions were just too much. And if I had to put down food to get some sort of sanity back, then I was, I was gonna willing to do whatever she told me to do. And that made all the difference in the world. Um, and and I, I worked the steps abstinently for the first time um, and not even realizing what entire abstinence um, meant for this program, but it, it's, it's a requirement. It's a requirement to get the promises. Um, and thank God, uh, I, I completed the steps several months ago um, and I've been sponsoring and um, you know, developing a relationship with God where, you know, I look back at what it used to be like with God. And, you know, I always had a good relationship with God, but God was my friend, you know, and it was like, God was next to me, but today God is above me. You know, God is, God is where I get the power from the source of power. You know, God is not just like filling in where I need help. God is running the show. And I'm done running it. Um, and I have so much peace with that. And so like, it's like giant weight has been lifted off. Um, so that's why I identify as a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, you know, because I can't imagine going through life and never discovering this gift, you know? And to me, this gift is a relationship with my, um, with my creator. and. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of gratitude for Bill's story, um, you know, just taking it back to what the topic is, you know, Bill's story just allows us to understand and feel the emotions and the, the years of pain of what it is to live with this disease. And, you know, we all have a story. And yes, when I was young, I thought my story was going to be something completely outrageous and amazing and glamorous. Um, but I'm so glad it didn't go to my plan. I'm so, so, so grateful. Um, so I think that is where I'm going to leave off. Um, and thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much for sharing, Hani. So it's really amazing. We're so similar, it's incredible. Anyway, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And Amy will call um, the raised hands in order. And would the timekeeper be willing to keep uh, three minute shares? Thank you. Thanks, Arlene. Thanks for your service tonight. And thank you so much, Hani, for that wonderful, wonderful share on Bill's story. Who would like to share or ask a question this evening? Oh, are you, is the, are you waving, Katie? Go for it. Hi. Hi, honey. Thank you. I'm Katie. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Honey, thank you so much for your share. Um, 
I identify with just a lot of what you said, but really at the end, I'm just so, I love that you said that it's a requirement that we work the steps abstinently to get the promises. You know, I'll tell you in, as a sponsor, sponsor right now with, (laughs) um, sometimes I find myself like negotiating with people who aren't recovered yet, who think that maybe they're the ones that are going to (laughs) be the exception to the rule and they can hold on to something that's not abstinent for them and, and also work the steps, (laughs) um, uh, successfully and get the promises. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you are right in on that message that, um, just like I needed to identify in with Bill, um, just like I heard you were able to identify in with Bill, um, the program works if we work it the way that it's outlined in the book. And I'm just so, I'm so happy for you that you're there. (laughs) That's wonderful. And also I just, I just want to express gratitude that, um, that you said that, because again, sometimes I feel like if it's, I don't know, I guess sometimes, you know, we're people in this program, we're in, in, you know, generally speaking, we're intelligent, we're able to articulate and you almost like start, I will, I'll speak for myself. I almost start to buy in when people are like, no, 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 I don't <laughs> let me work the steps without being abstinent. Let me try. And I think it's just important for me to hear that from you and and from other recovered people. So thank you so much for your share and that really strong message um, that we, those promises are beautiful. You're right. They are a gift. And also there's a way to work the program to get, to get that gift. So thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Thank you, Katie, for that share. Who else tonight? I see Kristen H. Kristen. Hi, um, I'm Kristen H, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Um, so my sponsor has um, told me to do this. I'm very nervous, but um, so, and I can relate this back to Bill's story. Um, I, uh, I have realized that I've been in the program since 2015 and I've relapsed twice. And I, after the workshop yesterday and some thinking and praying, I realized that one of my problems is that I haven't built up a network of people and I have been thinking about that. And I've realized that it's not just because I'm lazy or I don't feel like calling people. I'm actually like petrified of it. Um, It's really scary for me. Uh, It goes back to like deep seated fears from when I was very young. So um, this is a a kind of a twofold share. The first is, my number's up here and I'll share it in the chat. I'm working on reaching out to my sponsor daily, but if anyone will outreach to me, I will work really hard to return the calls. And I'm sorry if I don't, it's not because like, it's no, no reason I'm just scared. So I'm working on that. But then also, can you talk about the kind of, um, honey, can you talk about the kind of network that you've built and how that helps you with your recovery the same way, you know, Bill talks about having the network of fellows that he built. Thank you. Uh, Sure. Um, Okay. So yeah, for my, my network, you know, what was really great is that when I started working with my sponsor, her sponsor's sponsor started putting together like a family tree meetings and they did that like every, it was like a zoom meeting every Tuesday night. And like the, it started growing and growing and um, we did it for about two months. 
Um, and it was a really, really great way to connect with other people in my like sponsorship family tree. And I felt like so lucky and blessed to like to have that experience um, of like a, a little bit of a smaller group that's more intimate. And um, I did have the requirement as I was working the steps to call three um, recovered uh, members a day. And, you know, through that, I was really able to connect with some people that I kept calling, um, that are part of my, my phone calls. Um, you know, and now, um, that I, I am recovered, I do have a, a group of recovered fellows that, um, we are all reading a recovery based book together, um, on, Tuesday nights. And, um, you know, these are a lot of times the people that I have been going to for like 10 steps or, you know, whatever it is that I need to do or talk about. Um, but I do still feel like I also need to expand on that, um, and make sure that I, I'm really connecting with other fellows. Um, and I'll just give an example of, you know, why I I'm seeing that it's so important now is like, you know, just last week I was, um, on a business trip and, um, you know, it was a very lonely experience, um, in the sense that, you know, when, you know, your food is different than everybody else's, that's one thing, but you, you know, your behaviors have to change too. So I don't work gossip the way I used to, you know, I don't, I don't feel cool anymore. I don't feel like loud and, you know, like I tell great stories anymore. Like, nobody wants to hear me talk about like God and programs. So, you know what? I felt like a little like lonely at times, you know, it was like, thank God I had God and, you know, and I knew God was protecting me, but like I called someone right after and been like, this sucks, you know? <laughs> like, um, And she's, she was just like, yeah, it, it does suck, but it's okay. You know, you could lay your head down tonight and like not hate yourself. <laughs> I was like, yes, you're right. But you know what? Like, these are the people that get you. And it's so important to, you know, I was able to make three calls when I was waiting for the airport and just like cry and be like, I don't feel cool anymore. And, and they got me, you know, you need, you need it because the road just gets narrower and you need that support. So I do what you got to do. Oh, thank you for that share for the question. And thank you for that wonderful answer, Hani. And apologies for the crosstalk, but I love listening to you talk about God. So I think that's pretty cool. It's just me. Um, who else do we have for a share this evening or a question? Elena, go ahead. Hello, everyone. I'm Elena, Composable Reader, Exercise Bulimic. So grateful to be here. Honey, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Your willingness to just like, yes, I will speak. I will be of service. You are just so willing and open and honest. And, and I really appreciate that. And I really have been sitting here laughing because I haven't heard anyone else in the rooms mention plantar's fasciitis. Like I've never heard it. And me at like 300 something pounds, getting up in the morning, barely able to get out of bed. I got to get the towel out. I got to put it over my foot. I got like, it was ridiculous. And I just really appreciate you saying that. 
Um, but on a more serious note, um, I think I love the most um, that you kept threading in that this is a spiritual program, regardless of the religion, regardless of the beliefs, like this is a spiritual program and that that God is running through you now, not just a Santa Claus type of God where you would, when you need help, you just kind of grasp. It's like, no, yeah, at times I do feel like I forget my, you know, I don't have that edge anymore. Like people would count on me before to be the life of the party or to gossip at other people's expense or to tell stories in a funny way that just made everybody laugh. And I'm just not really that anymore. And a friend of mine actually was like, where'd you go? You know, like, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm just praying and meditating. I don't know what the hell to say. I'm like just in an awkward stage right now. Um, but the one thing that I do know, what I love about Bill's story, besides choosing our own conception, is it says the remorse, horror, and hopelessness of the next morning are unforgettable. And I and I literally would forget the hell that I was in, whether I was eating or over exercising or starving myself or you know any of the above, because the disease I have is um, my lack of memory, like it's a lack of power and a short memory that I am a compulsive overeater. And so I really identified, um, with that part of it and then trying to gain knowledge and knowledge and degrees and everything else to try to combat this, or, you know, using other fellowships to combat the food problem. Like it was insane. Um, so thank you for all those reminders, um, that this is not dieting with group support. Like I can be abstinent and then I could be screaming at my five-year-old, like that's not recovery, you know, or at the drop of a dime, like reacting insanely, that's not recovery. And, um, I have been abstinent without being recovered. And like you said, like it's different sharing now being recovered than what it was before. Um, and it's like something I can't really explain, but I think you explained it perfectly. So Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Elena. We have Michelle followed by Randy and then Victoria. Go ahead, Michelle. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle O. I'm compulsive overeater, bulimic, and a fellow on this journey. Hi. Um, I had quite a experience in this meeting last week. Y'all might remember my meeting long cry. <laughs> And I'm so grateful for that. I really am grateful for the humility um, that I was graced with that night. And um, um, I'm working, I'm working um, this this program again. And I I don't know. And I I just got the opportunity to read Bill's story yesterday with the fellow. And I'm trying to track with CYOC in the step a week um, journey or chapter a week. And um, one of the things that I heard yesterday in reading Bill's story was um, how long step one was for Bill. I've heard people say this paragraph is step one. And um, my personal impression upon reading it is chapters full, pages full, paragraphs full, years full of powerlessness and awareness of powerlessness. And, and I really relate to that. I have known um, that I didn't have the power and yet I still have clung to my self-will or my life wasn't quite unmanageable enough or whatever. But the way I felt last week in this meeting was so confused. How, how, how? And the reason I have been so confused, I've been unwilling to let go 
to stop thinking. My, my thinking is the problem. All my great ideas is the problem. And, um, you know, one of the things I was able to read in Bill's story yesterday, noticed for the first time is he was thinking about if he could put the gin behind the bed, right? That means he still had more left. He still could have continued, you know, and, and the times, you know, there, there's more food in the fridge. There's more places I could go. There's money in the bank. I could keep going. I could have years more to this, not just the end of this bottle, so to speak, but more and more and more. I don't know if, you know, that was the beginning of my last debauch, you know, am I done? Could, can I look retrospectively and say, wow, that was it. I hope to God I can, I don't know, but, um, I'm grateful to be able to see new things in the things I've read before. I'm grateful that there are still things I have not tried, um, including letting go of my thinking and that you are still here for me and people like me um, to keep trying. So thanks for being here. Um, last thing I'll share is I have an opportunity to have a mixed recovery meeting with members of my soon to be family-in-law, we're going to have a step one table <laughs> and it's just, it's a weird gift, but, um, anyway, there's so many more chapters. Um, and, um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for that share. Um, Stu, Randy, go ahead. Hi, Randy compulsive overeater. Um, I guess I'm in a unique position to confirm what Hani says is true. So that's helpful to people in the group, as helpful as that may be to other people who are struggling. Um, you know, there's there's no exaggeration there. there um, so just thought because I'm able to do that, I should do that. Um, I, I do want to speak about one aspect of Bill's story that I didn't catch the first go around. And I think because you know, as I work through the spiritual program and the, and the peels of the onion get, you know, torn away, you kind of see new things about yourself. And it, it seems to be that there's this disaster going on in Bill's life. And it's all because things that were positive in his life, like getting an award, you know, in the military and making money in the stock market, um, propelled him in a certain direction and this is somewhat what Hani's story reminded me of a little bit and then but also as things didn't go his way the loss of money and you know calamity that kind of fell his way um you know things fall apart and it's like that's exactly what I did in my life I went in a direction that everybody told me to go in I went in the direction that I thought was good at or that I got praise in. I was like the type of person that could watch a TV show and change my opinion of who I was because of the characters in those shows. Like that's how impressionable I was. Um, and you know, if someone says, Oh, you're really good at that. Like, that's probably why I'm in my career now. Um, you know, that that's the, the road I took, but then my ego, my self-centeredness, when things didn't go my way all the time, because duh, life doesn't go the way I want it to. Um, that's when I couldn't deal with it anymore. And, you know, Bill talked about some big events in his life, but he also talked about small events. I mean, imagine in that period of time, your wife having to go work in a department store, man, that puts you in the major loser category. 
it's not it's not the same type of thing today but back then that was like wow living in your parents your your in-laws house who don't have much money sending your wife to go work so you could sit around and drink all day um i mean there must be a million stories there and 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 that's kind of what happened to me it was like a flat tire the internet going out stubbing my toe you know my dog barking too loud, any of these little things would just tear my life apart because it was not the way I wanted it to be. Um, and then eventually it just builds up so much that you can't deal with it anymore. And then the steps come in. And, you know, someone shared before, um, you know, about connection in the program. Um, one of the things that I've realized recently is that although connection is important, Dental time for me, what did you say? Hi, three minutes. Ah, okay. I'll just I'll share this one last thought. Um, the most important thing for me in the program today is to show up and figure out how I could be useful. So if I was, you know, afraid of making outreach calls, I would want to help people, come to meetings to help people. Um, and I'll end with that. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Randy. We're now going to stop the recording.